American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and you're listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? We have a good episode for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about Vienna. We're going to look forward to Paris. Um, we have some other good topics to talk about. We got an outstanding player that's been playing out of his mind. Once again, a Russian. There was a really good Russian that played really good last year, if you remember, and that is Daniil Medvedev. Just like him, Andre Rublev is playing out of his mind this year, and both Russian, actually pretty good friends. And the way that both of them played, both in 2019 and 2020, outstanding. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Uh, We're going to talk about a scandal. Not really a scandal, but um, some interesting facts that have come out about a player on the tour, a top 10 player on the tour, and uh, some things with his ex-girlfriends that are coming out right now that are not only bad for him, but kind of bad for the sport as well. Um, Let's get to it a little bit. Some upsets, actually not some upsets, upsets happened in Austria, in Vienna, Austria, at the Erste Bank Open. Now, I don't have a very good accent. I don't know how to speak Austrian. So, Erste Bank, I probably am saying that wrong. But um, don't come at me in the comments for that. Um, So, a lot of good players in this. Djokovic was number one seed, like I talked about last week. We had guys like... uh, Dominic Team and Sitsipas and Monfils. A lot of good players, right? Rublev was in this, obviously, because he wins it. Spoiler alert. But the thing is, is there's a lot of good players in this tournament that simply did not go far. Let's start. Um, I don't want to start at the top because I don't want to get to that upset quite yet. But I want to stop at or start at the number three seed, Sitsipas. Loses second round to Dimitrov in three sets. Should he lose to Dimitrov? No. Dimitrov is a good player. And he actually beat Hachinov and then beat Sitsipas. So for him to have that kind of... Success at this tournament, uh, good for him, pretty impressive uh, for Grigor Dimitrov. Then you look at guys like uh, Dominic Team, and Dominic Team loses to Rublev in the third round. Stan Wawrinka lost first round to Garin. Um, three sets, but nevertheless, Stan Wawrinka should not be losing first round in an ATP 500. He shouldn't be losing first round in a Grand Slam, let alone in an ATP 500. Then you got guys like Denis Shapovalov. He loses first round to Rodionov, is what it Rodionov, what, what I've never talked, I've never talked about this guy, so I don't know how to say his name really. Um, that's my best guess at it. But Denis Shapovalov, number eight seed, shouldn't be losing that early. Karina Busta beats Monfils, and from this, Karina Busta has played well this year. He actually made it to the final four in New York, but Gael Monfils hasn't played a whole lot this year and left with an injury. So I hope Gael Monfils gets better. Um, really unfortunate to see him leave. I thought he could actually make some noise in Vienna. But unfortunately, that's what I'm saying about this tournament. This tournament was not that great when you look at names that made it farther in this tournament. If they were trying to sell seats like a normal year, right? A normal year we had 100% capacity and stuff, there'd be hardly anybody at the at the last matches. I mean, this is the final four, okay? The final four is Andre Rublev, Kevin Anderson, Daniel Evans, and Sonigo. Lorenzo Sanago, who beat Novak Djokovic, and I should talk about that first. Lorenzo Sanago beat Novak Djokovic, which is a huge deal. Um, Sanago, 25-year-old Italian, comes in and beats Joker. Joker's the world number one. After the match, Joker talked a little bit about it. I mean, it wasn't Joker's day. I mean, Joker doesn't lose to guys like this um, just out of a whim. But at the end of the match, 
match. Um, you know, Sonic goes, says it's the best win of my life. And, you know, Joker goes, you know, he simply blew me off the court. Um, you know, he was getting better every game. Um, and to be honest, it was a bad match on his side, he says. Um, but you can't, you can't say it was just a bad match on Djokovic's side and take that away from Lorenzo Sonigo because Sonigo did play really, really good. You got to be on, on to beat a player like Djokovic. But at the end of the day, Djokovic says he's, you know, he's not really worried about a loss like this. He's just really, really looking forward to London and the Nito ATP finals as well as finishing as world number one. And right now, that's his main focus. He's not playing these tournaments for the money. He's playing them to get better and, you know, not his day. But at the end of the day, he's still world number one. He's still going to London, and that's what he's really focusing on, he says. Now, in Vienna, Senegal makes it to the finals, and he'll play Andre Rublev in the finals. But Rublev, who's red hot, he's a bad guy to play in the finals right now. Rublev comes off on top 6-4, 6-4. So Rublev takes home his fifth victory of the 2020 season, and I was just talking last week on how he had four match with Djokovic. Djokovic has a bad tournament in Vienna this week. Rublev comes out on top, has the fifth title of the year for the Russian, and he's playing unstoppable right now. And that not only gets his fifth title of the year, that also gives him a ticket to the Nito ATP Finals, which is in London. And he will play, you know, the best players in the world that are made it to the or that make it to the Nito ATP Finals. But an unbelievable tournament by Andre Rublev and an unbelievable year. I think he can really, really make some noise there in London. I believe there's only one spot left for the Nito ATP Finals, which will probably be decided this week and next week in Paris. So there was another tournament going on this week that I just want to touch on real quick. It is. Uh, Nur Sultan, and it is a ATP 250, and not as big of names played in this tournament, um, is the Astana Open, and it was guys like, uh, I mean, Bino Pierre, Tennis Sangrid, Tommy Paul, Jordan Thompson, uh, Alexander Bublik, and I mean, that's pretty much it. There wasn't a huge lot of big names in this tournament, to be honest. Uh, Andre Seppi was a wild card. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how guys get into tournaments like this. They probably just can't get in the other one. You know, Bino Pierre was at one seed. That's tell you first off the bat, but, uh, John Millman wins this one. Seven, five, six, one takes home an ATP final, uh, takes home an AT ATP trophy. That is, uh, there in Kazakhstan, it looks like. And I just want to touch on that because John Millman, very good player, doesn't get a lot of press, doesn't win a whole lot of upset matches that he should in Grand Slams, but he's made a few runs in the last couple of years uh, at some Grand Slams. So John Millman, don't sleep on him. Just won an ATP 500, or not 500, excuse me, 250, and a lot of good things in the future for the Aussie. Let's look at Paris. Paris is in the future. Paris is right in front of our eyes and something that we should definitely be paying attention to. The lineup in Paris is Pretty, pretty, pretty impressive. Let me go through the seeds here. At the one seed, Rafael Nadal, number two seed, Stefano Tsitsipas, three seed, Medvedev, four seed, Zverev, five seed, Andriy Rublev, look for him to make some noise here, six seed, Diego Schwartzman, phenomenal, phenomenal year for Diego Schwartzman as well, seven seed, Matteo Berrettini, and eight seed, David Gaffin. Now, the two guys I'm going to really watch in this tournament is Rublev and Schwartzman. I mean, those are the guys you have to watch. They both have buys first round. The unfortunate part for Rublev is he is in the top part of the bracket, so he will play Rafa, 
and well, he'll have to play Sverev on his way to Rafa on his way to the finals to maybe play Sitsipas or Medvedev or who knows an upset the way the other tournament was going. Uh, Diego Schwartzman is the sixth seed, and he will have to go through Sitsipas and Medvedev and Bertini on his way to the finals. So Paris set up to be a really good tournament again. It's an ATP 1000. So those are always really good tournaments in Paris. Uh, the Rolex Paris Masters is what it's called. Always a good tournament there. Some other really notable names that are playing in this tournament. You got Carino Busta as the nine seed. Uh, Stan Wawrinka is the 12 seed. I don't. He plays Daniel Evans first round. That should be a good match. Daniel Evans is actually playing a lot better than Stan Wawrinka right now. So that's definitely something to watch. Uh, Alex De Manure is in this. Hachinov's in it. Um, it's a it's a Masters 1000, so there's going to be a lot of good players in it. Uh, Milos Raonic and Felix Ogier Ariasim is in it as well. Those are two really really good players from Canada. So Canada representing in this tournament. I do not see Denis Shapovalov in this tournament, so I believe he's probably taking a break. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I just don't see him anywhere, and I think he'd be ranked top 16 for sure. But I'm also looking at some of the other names. So. Uh, looks like Grigor Dimitrov backed out of this tournament. Nevertheless, a stacked tournament here at the uh, Paris Rolex Masters, and it always is. Uh, my favorite for this, I'm going to go with the guy that's playing really well. I'm going to go with Andrei Rublev. When you're hot, you are hot in this sport. And when you're feeling yourself, you're feeling yourself. And this year, I don't think there's a lot of people feeling themselves in the sport of tennis. A lot of people are struggling. I think a player to really watch here is Andrei Rublev, and I'm really looking forward to watching him play in Paris. He's my pick to win it. Boom. As Pat McAfee would say, hammer it, Don. We're putting it in there. Let's take a quick glance forward before we get to a big topic on this show at what is to come in the ATP world. Um, Paris is now, Sophia is happening um, on November 8th, which is the day Paris gets over. Tournament in Sophia going on. That will go towards until November 14th. Then the next-gen ATP finals is on November 10th to November 14th. So that's kind of going on at the same time. And right after that is the Nito ATP Finals in London. Now, that is always a really, really good tournament to watch is the Nito ATP Finals. It's the best players in the world playing for the, AT, or for the ATP Final. Um, you know, to be the best player to end the season, it usually recaps the season pretty well. That is at the end of November. December, nothing. And January, the ATP Cup and the Australian Open. So there's a lot to look forward to in the world of tennis. Once again, you always got to be weary of the COVID-19 pandemic and what's going to happen maybe in Australia and moving into next year. Uh, I know they canceled the Labor Cup this year and fans at some of these events probably not going to happen, but it seems like tennis is rolling right along with everything that they've got going on and everything seems to be working just well in the world of tennis. Testing, keeping players safe, everybody. I'm kind of a big fan of the racket tap. That's how it should be anyway, I think. I think players don't really want to hug another player sweaty after the match. Just give them a racket tap, acknowledge a good job, get out of here. Let's move on to the topic of the day and that I really want to talk about just because it's we don't get news like this out of the tennis world very often, and I just want to touch on it because I do think it's important. Um, we talk about these players a lot on the court, and sometimes bad things happen off the court. And in this case, that's what happened with the German Alexander Sverev. Now, some allegations came out against a 23-year-old German, um, number seven in the world. And his girl, former girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend, Olga Sharipova, um, told the Russian sports website uh, that Alexander Sverev attempted to strangle her with a pillow 
and hit her in the head, hit her in the head against a wall at the at a New York hotel before the 2019 U.S. Open. She said at that moment she feared for her life, and she's she kind of hinted to that on Instagram before. Um, this is all coming from ESPN that there was an abusive boyfriend in the past, and it came out that it was against Alexander Zverev. Now this is Zverev's response per quote that I'm gonna read you here, um, but he rejects the claims of, of, of abuse. This is what he says, quote, I very much regret that she makes such statements because the accusations are simply not true. We had a relationship, but it ended a long time ago. Why Olga is making these allegations now, I just don't know. I really hope that the two of us will find a way to deal with each other again in a responsible and respectful way, end quote. My thoughts on the matter. First off, you see this all the time um, with women when something dramatic, traumatic and dramatic happens in their life. Um, they they feel trapped. Um, it's just the way it is. And I've watched a lot of documentaries on, you know, the Larry Nassar case. And when abuse happens to women, from what I've gathered from not only having my sisters, but my girlfriend and just talking to women and really looking at, especially what happened with the Olympic team in gymnastics, is it, it's not easy. Like, these things just don't come out right away, right? Um, they fear that they're alone. They fear that there's just, if they come out with this, everyone's going to call them a liar. They're going to say you're just doing this for clout, stuff like that, right? So the part Alexander Sverov says about the relationship ended a long time ago, I don't I get that, but I don't really buy that as an excuse to her. Like, I don't know why she would come out with this now. When abuse happens to somebody, hardly ever does it come out right away. Okay? Um, it's just the way that it works because there's a lot of healing that needs to happen usually for them to come out um, and say that something bad has happened to them. And so that excuse, I don't really buy. Now, I'm not accusing Zverev of doing this, I'm also not accusing his ex-girlfriend of lying, okay? I'm just kind of trying to give you an objective thought on what I think about his comments back at what happened. Um, he's, I don't really understand the statement. I very much regret that she makes such statements. Um, I don't know if that's a lack of English, like a wrong way to say it, but why? what are you regretting about what she's saying, right? Like, if, if my... If like my girlfriend or my mom or something does something, can I say I regret that happening? Even though I had like I had nothing to do, I had nothing to do with it. Does that make sense? So it's like you can't regret something that you didn't do. Confused on that. Anyway, the rest of it, I do hope they find a, a way to deal with this um, in a responsible and respectful manner. I hope the truth does come out. Um, and Zverev says it's just simply. Not true. Nevertheless, if it's true, if it's not true, I really hope the woman in this instance is okay, and I hope um, you know she finds closure in everything that's happening. Um, but at, by no means am I accusing him of actually making this happen or doing this. But I'm also not accusing the female of lying. Now, there's also something else happening with Alexander Sverev that this all kind of came out around the same time. Um, which doesn't make him maybe look more or less responsible, kind of makes him look young a little bit. But um, he also came out with an announcement that he's having a baby um, with his other ex-girlfriend, right? So a, a lot's kind of happened in the last week or so with Alexander Sverev. 
Um, but it said that he is having a baby with his ex-girlfriend, Brenda Pate. Um, he said he's going to be a father. She said she's 20 weeks along. Um, he said he's excited to be a father, and he is hoping that he can live up to his responsibility as a father, and he's looking forward to caring for that little person um, to grow. So there's a lot to unpack with the Alexander Sverev situation. I know I can have my own opinion on it, which I said it's a pretty impartial opinion, just kind of dissecting everything that I know. But I also want you um, to look into it yourself if you are really interested in it. Um, it's kind of sad that something like this happened to the sport of tennis um, and to one of its players. But once again, his ex-girlfriend that accused him of um, using abusive contact in New York at the U.S. Open before the U.S. Open in 2019, she used to be a tennis player. So, you know, you, you, you really, whether she used to be a tennis player or not, you hate to see it or hear about it. But nevertheless, for the sport of tennis, um, not, not the best publicity in the world of sports, but I hope a lot of good can come out of this. I hope a lot of growth can come out of this for Alexander Sverev. And at the end of the day, I hope both women are good and get closure and can move on with their lives in a healthy and respectful manner. That's my short that's my short thoughts on what happened with Alexander Sverev. Um, I don't want to get really into it that much more. I do hope that you can do your own research. Let's move on. Um, that's going to be this week's episode. I know we kind of ended on kind of a bummer of a note, but we got a, got a, we got a lot of good things coming in the future. Um, with the Paris Rolex Masters, and then we're moving on to the next-gen finals, which is obviously going to be a blast to watch, and then you look at the Needle ATP finals. So hopefully a lot of good news coming out of the world of tennis, coming as we end this season. So blessed to be able to even play tennis in 2020 and follow tennis. There was a long time there where we had no idea if tennis was even going to happen. So to even have the sport back, to even have um, you know, maybe not even as much fans, but to be able to follow it again around the world and for the ATP and the WTA to take the precautions they're taking is, um, you know, amazing to have the sport of tennis back. So you can follow me at Jacob Sersosimo, both on Instagram and Twitter. Reach out to at Believe Podcast, both on Instagram and Twitter, or at Believe.com. A lot of good podcasts on the website, including this one, if you're listening to it on the website or anywhere else. Um, thanks for listening. I really enjoy it. Wear a mask, keep everybody safe, keep your family safe. And most of all, take care of yourself. Watch some tennis this week. Paris is coming up and, uh, thank you for listening. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.